Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host today, Tug Coker. Hello, Andy. Very good, Tug. I've been up early. I've been up early smoking cigarettes, drinking beers because my kids won't sleep, so I was up early reviewing the games because I got the bat call. You did. Got the bat call that I needed to be back on Dirty Sports for this Monday. Well, we have some very somber news to start off the show, and that is why you are here today and not our, our dear friend Joe Prano. Joe's, Joe's father passed away yesterday, so uh, obviously it's not the way we want to start the show, but this is way bigger than the show, obviously. This is real life, and... Uh, I, I want everybody to just know that, you know, Joe's, Joe seems to be doing fine, and I've talked to him, Tug's talked to him, but we all want everybody to send, you know, all your good vibes, all your good thoughts to Joe, to his family, you know, as, as he deals with uh, the passing of his father. So um, I, I don't know when Joe's going to be back, and obviously Joe has as much time as he wants, as much time as, as he needs. Um, through this process so uh you know tug is going to be here and uh obviously first things come first and you know joe said the show must go on and you guys should do the show without me and uh we all know joe's a trooper and uh so we're sending nothing but our you know our positivity and our thoughts and uh our prayers for me you know i i believe in that stuff so i'll be sending all those good vibes to joe's way and uh we're thinking of you, Joe. We love you, man. This this show, you are the heart and soul of this show, and uh, love you to death, brother. And um, I hope to talk soon. And I look forward to having you back on the couch. You said it well. I I couldn't agree more. Joe is a great friend to all of us uh, here in this room, and out there, and out to the listeners as well. Um, you know, I had a chance to chat with Joe very briefly, and, um, you know, it's not the situation or the circumstances that I would want to be here at Dirty Sports. I want to be here for people out working, touring, hanging out with their mothers in Catalina, dealing with mono. Um, but I'm here to honor Joe and, uh, and honor the podcast because you guys absolutely crush it, you know, week in and week out. I'm lucky to be a small part and a fan of dirt ball. So I'm going to honor Joe by wearing my surf shirt drink my 11 a.m. Rolling Rock, and we'll just see where the day takes us. But, uh, Joe, absolutely, we're thinking about you, thinking about your family, and um, hopefully uh, all is well back east when you go, and we'll see you back here really soon. Yeah, and, and one last thing to add to that. I know Joe's been so amazing to all the dirt balls who have dealt with loss or family issues or just life issues, and I know that's one thing that we pride ourselves on with you guys DMing us and 
you know, asking for our support and for our guidance. And, and I just ask maybe you do the same for Joe and, you know, let him know that you're thinking of him and thinking of his family because I know he's given you guys so much. And I think that's the least we can do to give back to Prano. And uh, like Tug said, we're looking forward to having you back, Joe. And we, we'll do our best. It's not easy. We'll do our best to try to fill in for you, Joe. There will be no impressions Yeah. today. There will be no uh, blind support of Eli Manning today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we will uh, we'll have some fun. We'll try to transition in a way that uh, and I think that you would appreciate and, and enjoy uh, when, you, when you listen to the show. And, um, yeah, as Andy said, you know, we're, we're thinking about you, and um, hopefully you come back um, excited about uh, the rest of the year. Well, Tug, you, we both have family in town right now. Yeah. You, you are, are both your parents in town? Both my parents are in town, yes. And my mom is in town. I, she, she, as you and Joe let everybody know, nursed me back to health. <laughs> we were so worried about you. Yeah. But I, we're glad she's here. I had mono. She put me on a ferry, also known as the Catalina Express, <laughs> and she shipped me to Catalina Island. Lovely island, by the way. I, 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 will, be, I will be ranting and raving about Guys and gals, the raving that was taking place out in the courtyard of the Smut Studio was incredible. He called it Europe. He called it going to Europe, the Mediterranean of California. I think I'm right in that assessment. It's somebody There's who, buffalo on the island. There's no buffalo in Europe. What are we talking well, about? Well, the history behind this. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to tease this up for, <laughs> for Dent Report. Whether you want it or not, you're getting a full rant monologue on the beautiful, gorgeous Catalina Island. Can't wait. Uh, but I did get to watch some sports yesterday. Well, I'll, I'll do a re quick recap before we go into the NFL, which is going to be the bulk of the show. Yeah, you know, and I think you and I talk. You know, you you and I, unlike Joe, watch college football. Joe watches some college football. Yeah. but you and I watch it a little bit more passionately. Yeah. my parents both went to Oklahoma, and so, add another school to the list. Another guys. school I'm a fan <laughs> of, guys. If it's a major college team, I'm a fan of it. So what are we at now? We're at UVA. <laughs> yes. We're at Michigan. Correct. We're at Oklahoma. Correct. He's a boomer sooner over here. And Michigan and Oklahoma are schools that my, my, I, I either lived in Ann Arbor or my dad went to that school. So yeah. went to OU and Michigan. Okay. And Louisville. Oh. Got that one too. Oh. So, but we went to the game. Really, ex I wasn't that excited, to be honest, to, to go to this game. UCLA was a 23-point underdog. Yeah. I can't tell you the last time when UCLA was probably a 23-point underdog at home. Probably since Chip Kelly took over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely that. But also maybe during the Pete Carroll years at yeah. USC. But you, you, you alluded to this as well when we chatted yesterday. Went to the game. It was hot, like 100 degrees. It's bad. I've been – I went to uh, – not to cut you off, but I went to a September UCLA game last year when they played Cincinnati. Yeah. It's very hot. So hot. I mean, I, you know, I went to saw Oklahoma play the Rose Bowl – with Baker, played at Georgia, and they lost in overtime. Great game. Yeah. Uh, that's January 1st. It's very pleasant in Pasadena on January 1st. September, whatever, 14th, 100 degrees, everyone's sweating their face off. Uh, the, the away team fans are on the side of the field where they get sun until 7, 730. 
and you're all just sweating around each other. Yeah. And and I'll, I'll say this: there were we were all sitting next to each other because we're all the OU fans showed up. Yeah. No UCLA fans showed up. Apparently, UCLA kids aren't even school yet. So the, the the student section was completely empty. So the stadium seats about ninety thousand at the Rose Bowl. I watched some of it on TV. What do we say of the ninety thousand? How many are there? Forty five thousand? Fifty? I'd probably say a little more, a little more than than half. Yeah. And of that, I would probably say it was sixty thirty. Yeah, sixty forty, sixty thirty. Is that Andy Ruther math? Um, sixty <laughs> forty, Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, still fun though. I think so, I told I told you off air. Like I got to meet for you know for the deep divers out there. I got to meet Tyus Edney, really good guy who you know national champion point guard for the Bruins, who got to uh, is is famous, immortalized in one shining moments for the coast to coast layup over Missouri, uh, and a great guy. Um, and a great team, by the way. Great team, O'Bannon. Uh, the Bannon brothers, brothers. Talking about my boy Toby Bailey, um, who I played with his brother Moose in an AAU tournament years ago. Um, and so that, that was like the highlight. The tailgate was super fun. I mean, I love a good tailgate. I don't go to enough. You do too, as a guy who goes to Rams games. The tailgate I went to had a guy making tacos Ooh. on a flat top Ooh. with like carne asada, uh, Al Pastor. Uh, I mean, the works. Uh, it was incredible. Came. Yeah. I mean, I just. You can always make time for a good tailgate. That's the one thing I'll say about the Rose Bowl. Great tailgate scene. For those who aren't aware, what they do is you tailgate on a golf course, basically. That's right. There's a golf course right next to the Rose Bowl. So it's a great scene. And like you said, kind of hot this time of year. But I bet it just got a lot worse when you got in this, inside the stadium. It was way hotter inside the stadium. Yeah. There's no – they've started to allow – some alcoholic beverages uh, to be drunk in collegiate games, but they're they're sectioned off. Yeah, um, and you have to have like a, a, a bracelet or something. I didn't have that, but I did crush an honor twerks. I did crush a lime white claw. And ninety seven degree. Let me say this: in ninety seven degree heat, a white claw goes down real smooth and real fast. I mean, we're talking about yeah, it's water. It's water was delicious. No, that's what I'm saying. Like it's. Yeah. Hop in here, twerks. White when White Claws mentioned, yes, that's the, like the twerks. The, yeah, it's like the bat signal for twerks. It's like <laughs> there's a White Claw in the sky. Just like, <laughs> he's like, I better pick up the mic and talk about this. No, I think that's a great point, uh, especially when it comes to to tailgating. I mean, for me personally, it might be a hot take, but a lot of times, you know, I I love the tailgate so much more than the game. You know, it's like it's kind of like why I even go. It's I'm going for the tailgate. Yeah, and they well, know because I went to the Fresno State USC game a couple weeks ago, and I didn't go to the actual game. I just went to the tailgate. A lot of people don't go, and what's amazing, and you see this now, every year technology gets more and more easier. It gets easier. So guys just hook up a TV like it's no problem. Like they're hooking up a TV in their living room. Yeah, and it's just sitting on their truck bed or whatever. People got a 60 inch TV. Everyone was watching the USC BYU game, going nuts when when BYU beat USC in overtime and it was like like you just run power and you just plug it into the ground it was it's crazy how advanced you know yeah how easy technology and, it, and it's so much better like you said you pointed out that people make the food on the flat top you know yeah. you bring your own alcohol and, and you know a lot of tailgates now they, they sell alcohol you know in certain areas outside the stadium uh, but it's just a it's a better setup and then you save money and you usually get to drink more hang out more so and it just gets the game like game was over in the first 
drive. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I was saying this to you yesterday, but like the, the, the game to me that America needs in college football is Oklahoma versus Alabama. Oh, yes. We need to see Jalen Hurts, who's playing incredibly. I think he had over 100 yards rushing and 200 yards passing in the first half. Um, we need to see a little revenge game, you know, Saban versus Hurts in the Final Four or in the championship game, Alabama versus Oklahoma. It needs to happen because he's playing like a man possessed right now. Yeah. He's ready. He's like, he's like, it's like Stallone in Rocky Four with a training session. I mean, he's climbing up the mountain right now, running through the snow. What a great montage. All, an incredible montage. By the way, anybody who works out, just go Rocky Four. Hearts on fire. fire. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my running slash workout mix has so many Rocky Four songs on it. I just imagine like Stallone, you know, it, as a producer on these films, being like, that song's not good enough. Yeah. That song is not good enough yeah. for the montage that I'm about to put, put on. I, I saw Rocky. Buy me another song. I Buy me another song. Yeah. Hearts on Fire is born. Eye of the Tiger is born. Incredible. Well, and, and they remake for Rocky Four. they do almost like a remix of one of the original movie songs with like like updated beats. Yeah. It was almost yeah. it was almost like a like, like a rap remix. Uh, I saw Rocky Four a few years ago in a theater which no longer I think exists, kind of by Beverly Hills. You know how in LA we have a lot of theaters that Correct. that will show movies. Um, like, yeah, just like a like a, like just to honor these old movies. Yeah, yeah. Put them in, let's put them back in the theater. And I went. It was yeah. a it was a Friday or Saturday night. It was a, it was a midnight showing, <laughs> and I will tell you, man. You know, obviously I hadn't been a. Th- I never. I was too young. I never saw Rocky Four in the theater when it came out. But being in a theater while they show the montage, I almost started just get up. I almost got up and started doing push-ups. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, I, and I was with a bunch of like movie dorks, so it was very like hipstery. And I was like, anybody else want to go for a run right now? I'm about to ditch this movie. It's such a weird movie. It's a great movie, but Polly basically falls in love with a robot. <laughs> I mean, he falls in love with a robot <laughs> serving him things. It's just an odd. <laughs> this, this is such. Wow. You're bringing up a, a very great point, which nobody discusses. Yeah. You know how, like, dudes fall in love with, like, artificial intelligence yeah. now? Paulie. <laughs> I mean, just the idea of writing that storyline in, like, a robot's a real part of this, like, B story uh. in the movie. I want to but, talk about Chip Kelly for a quick second. Let's do it. He got a big contract when he came to UCLA. They were awful last year. They're awful this year. And I feel like this is something you might be a little familiar with. What happens to a coach when they're on the top of their game? Because when he left Oregon, he was on the top of his game. Obviously, things didn't work out in the NFL. But my question is, did the game just pass him by now? It's kind of odd that in just, what are we going to say, five or four or five years, he's lost his touch with the collegiate level? Chip Kelly, since leaving the Philadelphia Eagles, is 5-26. and 26. Dear God. You know, that's... You can't be 5-26 and 26 in any line of work and expect to keep your job. Yeah. Especially with collegiate athletics, when people aren't showing up to your games, like you have to do something to 
engender like passion and support. And if you can't get that from your fan base, you got to go. Yeah. I, I watched that game. You know, I, obviously, I watched it pretty closely, and their offense—it's the same old offense that Chip likes to run, and it feels like people just have so much tape on that. Yeah, people just—you know—he hasn't no wrinkles in that. It's the same thing he's been running since Oregon. So they find people ways to defend that. You know, his whoever his defensive coordinator is is not helping him because they're getting shredded. You need to put up a lot of points. Because the defense isn't good, and they're not doing that. So, I don't know. I mean, 5-26 five, five and 26 since you leave Philadelphia is not – I don't know. Is that and, good? It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not good at math, but that's pretty yeah. bad. And it's only going to get more difficult. The Pac-12 right now has six teams in the top 25. With, uh, you know, a weird ending with, uh, you know, Arizona State upsetting Michigan State. Yeah. Herm Edwards getting the W – I think your boy, uh, uh, the old Cincinnati coach, is out there as a, like a consultant. Marvin Lewis? I think Marvin Lewis is out there as He's a consultant. He's helping Herm? Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's right. Well, it sounds um, like they're going to finish 9-7. and seven. Yeah, I know. <laughs> even every, though they don't, even though they don't play 16 10, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I also watched that, uh, you know, I, I've, been, I've had early mornings and going to bed early because it's, it's, it's been nonstop with, with my mother. Jo- Joanne's been we've just been going nonstop. so I was lying in bed watching the end of that Arizona Texas Tech game yeah so I, I've been following a little Pac-12 it's, it's the only thing to watch when you're up late at night and uh on the west coast it's weird isn't it one of those 730 games yeah I know no one else in America seems to care like no one yeah like, like it's just these this random these random games on ESPN, but yeah, man, th- there's uh, there's some big games this week. I'm looking forward to it. I think we have Notre Dame, Georgia, really good game. Also, as I told you, oh, I said on the podcast, I'm excited about Wisconsin, Michigan. Surprise, Michigan's a favorite, not, especially now that Andy Ruther is off the Jim Harbaugh bandwagon. Yeah, but Michigan, as I said, is favored in every game the rest of the year. So we'll see what that looks like. Well, to change it up for a minute, I got to give a shout out to the Amarillo Sod Poodles. Have to. I'm wearing a Sod Poodle hat. My Sod Poodle shirt. They are the 2019 Texas League champions. Dirty sports bump? Strikes again. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like the Ruther curse and the dirty sports bump are like the superhero and villain of this world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't. You know, <laughs> the teams, when they hear about dirty sports, they're like, can we get the full dirty sports approval, but not. The Ruther approval. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a fine line. It really is. It's a thread the needle there. I mean, I'm ruining careers right now. Congrats to Sod Poodles. And, you know, I've been watching some of those videos. I hope all the other dirt balls are going out there onto the YouTube page, watching the videos that didn't able, weren't able to make the journey. Really fun. Really well done. Hope there's more coming. I mean. Let's get some more out there. We, we, we got some more in the works. And also, let's not forget, this was their inaugural season. So they won the Texas League Championship in their first ever season. Wow. Dirty Sports Bump is real. Real, real. And the, and the Andy Ruther curse is real. We're going to get to that. We can get to that right now. I can't wait. Let's do it. I've ruined, I've ruined some teams. I've ruined some players. Are we switching to the NFL? You want to do it? Is it? Do you have Ruther curses alive and well in the, in the NFL? Debatable curses. It's two weeks in. 
Let's talk about things that we've learned after two weeks in the NFL. What have you learned? We have a major problem again with calls on the field and officiating. I mean, look, that's Saints call. Changes like, the entire no game. One want, no one should cry for this. Well, with Drew Brees hurt, maybe you want to cry a little bit. But that call is atrocious. It's atrocious. It's a terrible call. Changes the entire game. I rewatched it this morning. And you're right. Like, the refs need to stay out of the way. Like, when, it, when are refs and umpires going to learn, like, we don't want to notice you? Yeah. I'm not saying that the Saints 100% win that game. This is coming from a guy rooting for the Rams. But I watched that whole game from start to finish. If that play holds up as it should, the Saints are suddenly up 13-6, to gives their offense a lot more confidence, gives the whole team a lot more confidence. You're on the road. I, I, I just don't under... That's a call that just cannot be made, like you're saying. Especially when you already know that they're going to review turnovers. They're, it's automatic in the NFL that you would review every change of possession. So you let that play play out... Then you go to the booth, and you make the call. There's no reason for you to call it on the field, ever. And I think until the NFL conditions referees to say, let's just play it out and let our other referee in the sky help us out, then we're going to continue to have these problems. Or, you know, Joe always says this, and I've always agreed with him. Why does the call on the field matter? Why does it matter? Why can't in that game they say, okay, it's clearly a fumble. He picked it up. He ran 87 yards. It's a touchdown. Why does the call on the field matter if we have the technology to say that was an awful call? That's the other question. Well, I, my feeling is when you become when you get into these cl very close calls – Another another case in point, and I, I think they made the right call in the Atlanta Philadelphia game, but that Carson Wentz throw, yeah, which is really a bang bang play, really close. Um, I still think they made the right call, but if it becomes a place where you can't really tell, then the, then that call, ha then you have to defer to something. Sure. So that's why I think the call, maybe be a little bit more liberal on what the call is on the field, but you sh but you need to have the call matter because you need this the stand yeah. versus the confirm or the reverse for, for, for the referee. That's my opinion. My, my feeling is be be more – let more plays play out. Yeah. Swallow the whistle, they Swallow say. Swallow the whistle a little bit, especially on that play where it seemed pretty clear to me. I watched it live. I watched it live too, and I thought it was like clearly – Instantly I thought that's a fumble. Agree. That's a touchdown. Agree. Other, she, other thoughts on that game? I feel like we have a very interesting year so far, even though it's only been two games. Absolutely, 100%. Because now you have Drew Brees hurt. They're saying he might up, miss up to six weeks. I didn't think Teddy Bridgewater played bad, for the record. I also agree. They dropped so many passes. And Plus, plus it's Teddy, Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater hasn't really played in how many years? I mean, he doesn't play a lot during the season. Taysom Hill comes in and spells Drew Brees more than Teddy Bridgewater. He came in and he made some nice throws, but also he doesn't expect to play the game. I mean, and it's against a good team. Well, I think Bridgewater can fill in nicely for them. Now, he's the highest paid backup in the NFL. Yeah. 
He makes $7.2 million. He had the option to go to Miami, his hometown. This is how big of a disaster the Miami Dolphins are. The Miami Dolphins offered him a contract to be their starting quarterback, and he said, nah, I'm good. I'd rather hold a clipboard behind Drew Brees. I'd rather learn from an offensive genius like Sean Payton, make all this money as a backup. And I thought he, you know, he didn't have the best game yesterday, but again, they dropped a lot of passes. I didn't think he played poorly at all. You got to pick him up. There were some bad penalties on both sides of the ball for the Saints. I, to be honest, I think the Saints can go three and three, can go four and two if Breeze does miss six weeks. And they're also in a weak division, an extremely weak division. And that helps. So let's look at their schedule uh, up ahead. They have, um, well, interesting that they who they play next. Russell Wilson at Seattle. Then they play home to Dallas, home to Tampa Bay, at Jacksonville, at Chicago, home to Arizona. So, you know, 3-3 three and three is real. That's what I'm saying. If I'm a Saints fan, I'm shooting for 3-3. Three and three. You get a healthy Drew Brees back. You got to beat Tampa Bay at home. Got to go on the road and beat Jacksonville. Yeah. And then you got to split either at Chicago or home to the Cardinals. You got to get home to Cardinals. You got to win that game. Yeah. That gets you three and three. And, and to be honest, obviously I'm a big Russell Wilson guy. I would not be shocked if they won in Seattle. See, this is not the Seattle defense that everybody thought would be playing to the level that maybe they're capable of with Jadavian Clowney joining the team. I'm also a Bridgewater. I'm buying that stock. I thought he played pretty well. Yeah, he doesn't have the arm talent that 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 you maybe you're seeing with some of the big big name quarterbacks. But I think he is accurate, and I think you know you have to buy into. It's the same reason why I buy into Jacoby Brissett. I'm buying into him because I think he's a talent has some talent, but I believe in the system. Yeah. It's all about the system. You are right. Sean Payton is is going to find ways to make you look good. They have tons of skill players. Yeah. They have Alvin Kamara still. You know, there's just ways to – I mean, what's, what's you know, a, a backup quarterback's favorite throw? Probably like a screen pass. Yeah. If you're throwing to Alvin Kamara, you're going to be okay. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think they'll be just fine. I guess the question begs – we hear every week we see the Saints on TV – Taysom Hill is this, Taysom Hill is that. Sean Payton, you know, and, and Troy Aikman talked about it yesterday. Sean Payton thinks Taysom Hill is at the level athletically of a Steve Young. So then it begs the question, why isn't Taysom Hill being your quarterback right now? If, if Taysom Hill is that athletic, if Sean Payton thinks that highly of him, why is Taysom Hill not your straight-up backup? Why is Teddy Bridgewater not the number three guy? That's what's kind of confusing for me. It's a very interesting question, especially in like this sort of the day the day now where quarterbacks, you know, in fantasy, they call it the Konami code because, you know, there's such a secret weapon for quarterbacks who can who can who are mobile. Yeah. And he's shown mobility. And also that he's such a fun player to watch because he caught a touchdown pass in week one. Yeah. He's catching passes from Bridgewater week two. You did you know it's almost like he's a patriot playing for the the Saints because oh like, yeah just just play just play football yeah. he's just playing football oh he Taysom yeah. Hill is would be the ideal patriot how mad is Belichick right now he's like <laughs> trying to think of ways to get Taysom Hill on that team 
He might trade Antonio Brown to get Taysom Hill. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Taysom, yeah. Taysom Hill's a Swiss Army knife. He might give up a first-round pick for Taysom Hill. Or second-round pick because they're so bad at second-round picks. So, uh. Dude, if, if Taysom Hill went to the Patriots, Bill Belichick would have him playing receiver, quarterback, running back, fullback. Belichick might even put him at defensive end. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Who, who, who was the guy? Was it, was it Troy who played wide receiver and DB? Troy? Troy. Oh. Uh, is his name, was his name Troy? Uh, I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking I about? Uh-uh. You don't know what I'm talking about? Dude, this is like during their early title runs for the Patriots. Oh, it's just killing me. I'm forgetting his name. This guy was going both ways, and then they, then they, had, they were decimated by injuries. So then they're just like, you're a cornerback now. And it worked. I do remember this, but I don't remember the player. You know what I'm yeah, talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. And I could be completely wrong by his first name. Maybe it's not Troy. Uh, but yeah, Taysom Hill would be great. Let's let's continue. Just to, just to, go to ahead. put a put a button on this game. Teddy Bridgewater yesterday, seventeen for thirty, for one sixty five. So not not nothing really to write home about. Obviously, sure. No picks, no interceptions. QBR of ten. <laughs> Not so good. Yeah. Um, but they also couldn't get Camaro loose. Like, they couldn't really, you know, Camaro only went for 45 yards. Yeah. One catch for 15. So, you know, sometimes you get a little emotionally stunned when your heart and soul, you know, gets hit early and, and it's hard for that team to catch up. Yeah. Um, but thoughts on the Rams? The Rams, I felt like, are still shaking off a little bit of rust. Cobwebs. From not playing any starters in the preseason getting over the Super Bowl hangover, took him a half at home before they started to get the ball. I love Cooper Cup, though. Cooper Cup's incredible. I'll tell you what. His loss last year, when Cooper Cup goes down, I think that's the beginning of the, of kind of the end. Like, like just the, I don't want to say the end, but the team got a lot worse when he went down last year. And I was, I was sadly at that game. He, he went down against the Seahawks. Yep. So the Ruther curse reared its head live, because I'm a huge fan of his. You know, he goes off yesterday. If Cooper Cup is your number three, they're going to be just fine. And I guess it begs the question. By the way, shout out to the comment section, Troy Brown. It was Troy, Troy. Brown. Nice. Uh, thank you, Stanga. Uh, who's better than the Rams, though? Like, 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 like in the NFC. On I'm, both sides. I'm not, not going to say the Dallas Cowboys yet, but I'll, we'll get to that. Well, you know me. I've been riding the Cowboys yeah. hard. Don't want to go there yet. We'll circle back. But um, but, but I'm just going to say this. From both sides of the ball, if you asked me today, even though I agree with you, Jared Goff has looked shaky. We all know. I think Todd Gurley. I think it's the beginning of the end for him. Uh, they still have so many playmakers on both sides of the ball. I would still say that right now, after week two, the Rams are the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, it's funny because we have to worry about road home. You know, the the Saints are pretty bad. They they have some pretty like distinct home road splits. You see that. You see the Saints kind of struggle on the road. You see that to some degree with Jared Goff as well. So it'd be nice to see Jared Goff. You know, win home field advantage. Take take uh, take this team back to the Super Bowl and hopefully learn from. Uh, from what they, what they, man, that Super Bowl was so awful. He was so awful. It was. But you're right, though. They have a lot of rust, but they're still 2 0. 2 0. You know, at the end of the day, 
You're two and zero. I believe they have next Sunday in Cleveland against the Browns, That's right? Sunday which won't football. be easy. Nope. But especially after Cleveland loses tonight. Yeah. But yeah, as a guy who watches the Rams, I'm not incredibly worried because I think Sean McVay really is that good of a coach. One thing we're seeing that we didn't see so much last year is injuries really affecting the quarterback position. Last year it was Jimmy Garoppolo who got out, who got hurt early. Yeah, and that was really one of the major injuries of the year for the quarterback position. Right now we're already seeing a lot of issue at quarterback. We're seeing Big Ben out for the year. We're seeing Breeze out for a multitude of weeks. Andrew Luck retires. Nick Foles. Nick Foles breaks his co- collarbone in week one. Um, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold has mono. You know, it's that's already like. That's like five quarterbacks in the first two weeks. Even Wentz last night, you're like, yeah. is this guy going to be out of the game? Deshaun Watson takes a ton of hits. Can he endure an entire season? Um, so we're through week two, we've lost five quarterbacks for a multitude of yeah. weeks, if not the, not the year, if not their career. And, and, and you forgot a major one. Cam Newton has been replaced by Tyler Perry. <laughs> That's very true. Medea is the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. When that Netflix movie comes out, though... <laughs> Tyler Perry is Cam Newton. It's going to be so good. I want to stay at home and watch that. How many years can you do that character? Did he retire it officially? No. He didn't? No, I mean, I thought there was one recently. You know Stanga, I- help us out in the YouTube comments. I know you're a big fan of Medea. Uh, let us know. You know what I was going to do last time, and I regret not doing it? I was going to go to Boo, the Medea Halloween movie. I was going to go to it, get really stoned. And go into like Inglewood or Crenshaw, you know, a traditionally black neighborhood, and just see the movie, just experience with people who are Medea fans. That's right. Twerks is something. What we got, Twerks? The last Ma- Medea movie that came out was a Medea family funeral. What year? 2019. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Medea's dead. There's yeah. no. That's that's the funeral, right? Uh, yeah, she's the one who's uh, laying on top of the casket in the yeah. picture. Medea's dead. We need oh, our so, oh, so it's over. It's over. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Medea died. We need our own Medea. Like yeah, it it says right here it's the eleventh and final installment of the Medea Tyler Perry films. Which, by the way, he started doing in plays. Do you, you know the, you I know the whole know, history of this? this? I do. I know way too much about Medea. I, I I've fallen down some some rabbit holes. Did you, did you learn this while you're like staying up late in Catalina, just sitting in your bed, doing some deep dives? No. Uh, or just a Medea fan. I, I had a roommate. He, he was a black roommate, and, and he used to be like, yo, black people are obsessed with this. And he started filling me in, and then he'd show me stuff on Wikipedia, and basically Medea would go to churches all over the country. Do you know all this? I, I'm aware, but I don't, know, I don't have the detail or the knowledge or the passion for the knowledge that you have. <laughs> yeah, so Tyler Perry would go to churches all over the country. Yeah. And it was like a road show, and then he started doing plays and theaters and then we all know the rest is history. He was doing a grassroots movement before it was cool. He was doing these tours. Yeah. Getting his Instagram following up. Yeah. One impassioned do you, follower at a time. Do you know the size of the studio in Atlanta that he created? I know it's big. So for people who don't know, Hollywood basically shunned him. And I actually think it's an amazingly great story. So Tyler Perry basically gave the middle finger to Hollywood. And said, I'm building my own studio in Atlanta. And he does it all there. I had the pleasure of auditioning for him once for a movie. And he could not have been... Uh, Gayer? No, no, <laughs> not at all, not at all. It was very quick, though. It was like, I guess, it wasn't rude. 
was not rude, but it was maybe my performance was not to his liking because I was in and out so fast. Yeah. Um, but I'm, finally, I'm picturing Tug. <laughs> I did wear a bonnet. I did wear a bonnet in. Did you? Maybe he didn't love that. Yeah. I'm picturing um, you in a dress. <laughs> exactly. A bonnet. Yeah. Y- yeah. Y- you're carrying a little basket. What, what I mean, Cam Newton is, I mean, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in his last four games. Now, I didn't watch this. I, I was I was having a, an, you're a, in Catalina. an amazing dinner with my mom in Catalina. You know, obviously, it's a game that you and I both saw going Tampa Bay's way. I was not surprised by this. Um, but he doesn't look himself. And he, he has, I think he has four rushing yards in two games. So he's not running the ball. And that's, that is one of the pieces to Cam Newton because we know he's not accurate. Yeah. He's never improved his accuracy. We don't expect that to change. What's his weapon is running the football. If yeah. we don't see that, then he's, then he's probably a below-average quarterback. At this yeah. Point. And they're 0-2 now. And 0-2, I think, gives you like an 18% chance of making they're the done. playoffs. Well, we'll look at it this way. They're 0-2. They still have two games against the Falcons, and they still have two games against the Saints. Yep. yep. How many of those games are they winning? One tops, I'd say. I'm not sure what the Falcons are right now. Now, I said this last on last podcast. The Falcons play three games outside of a dome all year. That should be a huge advantage for the Falcons. Wow. But they could be easily 0-2. Their season could be almost in peril if it wasn't for a miracle screen pass to Julio Jones last that night. That block by the O-line. Incredible block. And they showed this clip where they scored. They 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 uh, on, on Twitter they showed the exact play against the Redskins last year. Same exact block, blowing up some guy for Julio. And well, you they you, don't make that play. They don't make that play. That's third zero two to start the year. We discussed this before the show because I've been critical of Matt Ryan in the past. I used to call him Andy Dalton, and and I've also admitted that I was wrong in that he's not to that level of mediocre of, of good. Yeah. But he makes some passes. That interception he threw in the end zone, you're just thinking, how are you making that pass? When you're that, when you played that long for, for such you know, a high level and you have so many skilled players, that, 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 that just is a bad judgment throw. Yeah. And he, and he had a couple of those tonight. I think it, or last night. He had three interceptions, to my, to my knowledge. Yeah, he had three. You just can't be doing that. Can't be doing that. They're lucky to get away with that game. That's still the Saints for for me. That division is the New Orleans Saints. Wow. Even with Teddy Bridgewater being to hurt. me, then if you're if you're a believer in the Saints, I think you go today and you bet on the Saints with great value because everyone sees Teddy Bridgewater. They probably think their season's over. It dropped to twenty five to one. Uh, the, the reason I saw it, they were eight to one, and it dropped to twenty five to one. All you need them to do is, to, like you said, go stay five hundred. Have Drew come back after the bye. And and get them a wild card and yeah. just get them in. Just get them in. I was I. Is there a conspiracy about his injury? You know, he was under some heat about uh, a, a video promoting the Bible. Is there a conspiracy that some of the people angry against him, the social justice warriors? I I can't comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> they they put a device on Aaron Donald to affect his thumb. Wow, that's a great conspiracy. One with zero legs. I believe that. Yeah, one with absolutely <laughs> yeah. zero legs. I want to talk about the Eagles for a second. Though. Yeah. 
You know, Joe has said this all along, and, I, you know, I, I, for the most part, have been on board. And you see it again last night. You have a quarterback who's missed eight games the last two regular, se- last two regular seasons. You have a quarterback who's never played in a playoff game. I think people forget that. He's never played in a playoff game. They are absolutely reckless with him. They're reckless. He is too good of a player. He's a, he is a phenomenal player. You can't have him running the ball. They have him running the ball. You just can't. In my opinion, you're, yeah. you're going to get hurt. I mean, I agree. Especially if you've shown to be injury prone. Yeah. That you should, you got to find ways to develop. Now, I, I, I have the Eagles winning the Super Bowl this year. I have concerns after last night on that projection. I think they have the one of the most talented and the deepest rosters in the NFL. Howie Roseman's done a great job. I am concerned now because I forgot how important Frank Reich was to that Super Bowl winning Eagles team. He's not there now. Peterson's calling the shots. We see a little bit um, of indecision on some of the plays in crucial moments. I will say last night, what a turnaround for Nelson Aguilar, who absolutely blows a touchdown pass to win the game. Remember that, remember that bomb down the, 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 the sideline? Perfectly thrown ball. Great ball. It's over. That game is over. Yeah. Then he catches basically what is a, a, you know, a, a game of 500 ball on fourth down to drive it down to like the 18-yard line or whatever. I, I'm, they're one and one. Some better out there that I really respect has them winning uh, is under their season win totals. I still think they're going to find a way. I think they're always kryptonite for the Cowboys. But aren't you concerned, again, when you have the quarterback running around the end, he's going to get blown up. And by the way, I don't mind the quarterback keeper on third and one, fourth and one, you know, or close to the goal line. I don't mind that. A lot of teams do that successfully. I'm talking when you have designed plays for him to run. I believe he went into the injury tent twice last night. There's no way he's, he has a 16-game season playing like that. Twerks, who's the backup for the Philadelphia Eagles? He played last night. You know who it is? They have, uh, they have Josh McCown and Nate Sudfield. Josh McCown. Yeah. McCown played last yeah, that's night. Not, that's not a terrible uh, backup. I mean, it's not, maybe it's not Nick he, Foles. but He, it's, he, had a few pa- he connected on a few passes when yeah. he came in. My point is he came in last night. Yeah, yeah. Week two. It's true. So, so like these these Wentz defenders, Barry McCockner, one of them. It's like, what what planet do you live on? Like I saw him tweet out Nick Fol or not Nick Foles. Uh, Carson Wentz has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL the last two years. I literally wrote back on Dirty Sports Twitter, "Are you drunk? He's missed eight games. You can't be one of the best quarterbacks when you're missing a fourth of the season." And again, I love Nick Foles. Prano loves Nick Foles. You like Nick? Uh, God, I keep saying it. That's where my mind's at. Yeah. Wentz, though. Yeah. Wentz is a. I'm a Wentz, Wentz guy. Wentz is a great quarterback. Yep. That throw he made last night is amazing. But if he's not on the field, what does it matter? So talented. I mean, their their skill players are so talented. I know Deshaun got hurt last night. I mean, they're, they're, you'll say it's kind of. Alshon Jeffrey got banged up too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, and those guys are both prone to be injured too. Like Alshon and Deshaun both have, you know, injury hist- uh, riddled pasts. So to be two games into the season, and that's the thing about NFL. Like everyone has you. You want to you want to go on talent alone. Yeah. You know the same teams pop up, but but there is luck, except for the, <laughs> except for the Patriots. Patriots just find a way, dude, to stay healthy. 
outside of one year from Tom Brady, they just find a way to stay healthy, clean pockets, get the ball out, next man up. I mean, it's the Patriot way. It's the even though Bill Bill's never heard of that phrase. Don't think he's ever used that phrase. He said last week. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. They are so good. Now we should we should I mean I don't want to we should pump the brakes just a bit because they've played the Steelers who look to be not great, and they played the Dolphins who look to be like one of the all time worst teams in NFL history. I'm not pumping any brakes. No one touches them in the AFC. Not even the Chiefs. Not even the Chiefs. That's crazy talk. It's not. It's not crazy talk. How, the, the, the the teams the Chiefs are better than last year, and they should have beaten them. The Chiefs' defense is 100% suspect. They almost beat the Patriots last year, and they actually got a little bit better. Suspect. I'm all, I'm oh, all in. The Ruther curse is so good right now. I'm so happy for the Chiefs. I am all hey, congrats, in. Congrats, Chiefs. Chiefs there, fans. There's no, I just, again, barring, like you said, a major injury. We're I, in week two. There's been five or six major injuries. It's, this year's going to be nuts. This year's going to be bonkers. I just don't see the Patriots not making the Super Bowl. They are. You had an Antonio Brown, and what's what's crazy is yesterday they made a concentrated effort to get him the ball. It's true. He only played. I think he played twenty four snaps yesterday, and Brady targeted him eight times. A thirty thirty three percent target share while he's in the game is pretty good. Four catches, one touchdown. I mean, again, it's the it's the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, I will say this, are twenty one point underdogs at Dallas next week. Have but, you have but, you ever seen? We've been watching football our whole life. I've never seen a team try harder to tank in the NFL. This is Philadelphia Sixers NBA type tanking. I mean, Kenyon Drake is apparently on the block. You know. Mika Fitzpatrick is on the block. Josh Rosen has a QBR of two. I heard the actual Dolphin mascot. Ask for a trade. Ask for a trade. <laughs> he did not. It's incredible. He's yeah. so smart. Yeah. Get out of there. Where's he going? A, a warm city. <laughs> he, he wants, something near water. That's all he asked. Something near water. Whether that's the you know the the San Francisco 49ers, yeah. the Chargers, yeah. the Rams. Or some other team in Florida, the Dolphin is on the trading block. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean. But seriously, have you ever seen a team try to tank harder, Tug? In all your years watching no. the NFL. It's the, it's the worst point differential in the history of NFL. Through two games? Actually, let me correct this. Um, yeah, I need to get the exact stat on this, but it's one of, it's one of the worst since the, the NFL mergers for sure. And both games have been home, if I'm not mistaken. You're correct. I mean, you know, that's that's the – look, we talk about Chip Kelly letting down boosters and you get fired, but, like, this is the first year of Brian Flores' tenure. And there's going to be no fans. But also, have this, you followed the tailgate scene? I have not followed the tailgate scene. Have you seen what's happening? No. So last- there's no flat top. There's no tacos. No, no, no. It's even crazier. So the Dolphins are so bad. So last week there was this massive stripper tailgate. I'm not making this up. All It looked like a straight-up rap video. And there was a stripper pole. And yesterday they did it again where all these girls are on this stripper pole. You guys can like Google it. Look it up. 
in this flat, like in the flatbed of a truck, and it's got all these people around it. So basically, people aren't even going to the games now for the team. People are showing up to what is it, Hard Rock Stadium? That's what Twerks would do. He just said it. Not going to the game. Yeah. Just wants to go to the tailgate. To see a bunch of girls shaking the booty. Um, but think about being a Miami, a professional Miami sports fan right now. Not only the Dolphins, but also the Marlins. Just, it's the worst. It's the worst two teams, run teams probably. I have zero sympathy. Why is that? Because they have some of the worst fans. They've always had some of the worst fans. All of Florida for the most part, especially South Florida. We all know what happened when they came back and they beat the Spurs, when they had Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Bosh. I have zero sympathy for the South Beach fans. They're flakes. They show up late. They're very, they're very L.A.-esque in a way. Zero sympathy. Here's two stats that I think just to, to sort of, I don't know, corroborate your idea but that they're, they're the Sixers. It's a Sam Hinkie, yeah, Sashi Brown mode of tanking. The Dolphins next year are going to have 160 million in cap space to go along with 12 plus draft picks. Okay. They can sign 32 players at five million apiece per year and find six to seven starters in the draft. So they're all they're obviously tanking for Tua, who I'm not sure is going to translate to the NFL. He's people guys oh, who can't oh. last a whole season. I'm out on Tua. There's no lefty quarterback in the NFL right now. And I'm not saying I'm a left-handed person, so I root for lefties. Scott Mitchell, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Callum Moore's actually bringing the left-handed Who's the energy. best lefty of all time? Steve Young? Yeah. Boomer's number two, maybe, or Kenny Stabler? Yeah. Boomer won an MVP. You got to look this up, Twerks. What was the worst year the Sixers had? 9-73, I think. But let me, here's, here's another stat. Was that 2016? So, we literally up last time we were here. When the Browns went 0 and 16 in 2017, they were outscored in their entire season by 176 points. They never lost a game by more than 24. In two games, the Dolphins have been outscored by 92 points and have lost games by 49 and 43. That's all time bad. The bigger question is this. We all know about the Miami Dolphins going undefeated. And goddamn, was the name <laughs> Mercury Morris? <laughs> yeah. I love where you're going with this. You know where I'm it. going with this. And Mercury Morris popping the champagne every time a, the last team loses. Members of those 1972 Dolphins. Are the Dolphins going to have the same thing when they go 100% defeated? When they go 0-16? Is that going to be a tradition for all these Dolphins players? To then pop the champagne bottle when a team wins, when they're on the cusp of going 0-16. Think about this. We have a chance. This is kind of cool, actually. To have the only professional football team to go undefeated start to finish through playoff Super Bowl. To also have the same organization have a team go 0-16. We need to see it. We need to see it. How, how annoying is that, by the way, when Mercury Morris and those guys oh, do it's it? The worst. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. They played like, like a smaller schedule then. There's so many, so many, so yeah, many, they, so many yeah, yeah. It was it's ridiculous. It. And you're supposed to root for the next generation, guys. Don't hoard it. 
What else we got going on? So many good games. So many good games. Let's just move through the schedule a little. Cardinals, Ravens. It was competitive. You know, look, Kyler Murray is the one of the, you know, three for 300 yards first two games. Showed some promise. He's throwing the ball a lot, though. Yeah, a lot. You can't be getting field goals. Agree. That's not on him. That's that's actually, I think, some bad settling by the coach. Like, the coach yeah. is very supposed to be aggressive. We all know field goals don't help your cause. No. And listen, when you're young and your team is probably not going to make the playoffs, just try to win every game. Yeah. Like, like losing doesn't hurt you. Sure. So, and, and so it's... Try to create some confidence in your team that, like, we're going to try to go for it all the time. Yeah. Now, on the other side of things, we, we got running back Lamar again yesterday. I believe he rushed about 125 yards. He passed the ball nicely, but, again. 37 I'm, attempts. I mean, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah. What's your take now? The Ravens are 2-0. and they've, they've played two bad teams, though. I'm a, I'm a, I bought the Ravens before this year. I'm a, I'm a I'm I am a Lamar fan. He's the number one. You know, for those who play fantasy, I, I loved him coming in. I loved Dak and I loved Lamar. Um, I, you know, again, we, you have to run the risk of well, Lamar has been banged up for series in the past, the last year, but he's eight and one as a starter. I think his sample size is growing, and he's winning. We have a great game coming up week three. We have we have Lamar versus. Um, Mahomes, week three. It's a great game. Well, what I like about Lamar is I think the players have bought into him too. 100%. So that's huge as a team. When your defense has bought into you as a quarterback, and like you said, they're 8-1, and one, that means they're, they're playing their best football with him at the helm. And, you know, with the others in that division, pending on the Browns game tonight, you'd have to think after two weeks – the Ravens are the team to beat in that division. Again, pending what happens tonight. What you got, Twerks? I was going to say, I'm going to be curious to see how he does come October when his, uh, his matchups get a lot tougher. I know the Chiefs are a tough matchup next week, uh, but after that he has the Browns, Steelers, and Bengals. Three pretty easy divisional matchups with the injuries to the Steelers and who knows the Browns and the Bengals. But then he has the Seahawks, the Patriots, uh, and then he has the Texans in two weeks, and then the Rams. And that's a tough stretch of games. And then the Niners right after that, which is still not an easy defense to go against with the improvements they've made. So I think down the stretch is when we'll really find out, you know, how much uh, Lamar Jackson has improved and, and how he can perform as a quarterback. Now, we've been critical on our show of Lamar running a high school offense. It seems that they've expanded the playbook this year. He's playing pretty well, and uh, I like watching him play, to be honest. I love watching him play, and I have not been critical. The, the, the shows where you've been critical I've not been on. I'm, I'm a fan of Lamar. And like I said, last year they were they were building his offense in. Remember, People have to remember that we had, they had Joe Flacco for half the year last year. The offense, of, the offense that Joe Flacco plays and the offense that Lamar plays, are they couldn't be more different. Yeah. So if you're building through you know, training camp through the start of the year to, to have Joe Flacco as your quarterback and then switch mid-year to Lamar and have Lamar play well, his one bust was probably – you know, and it may be an issue. Is like, is with, with the Chargers, it was in the, in the Chargers game in the playoffs, he kind of laid an egg, and that's when defenses play their best. But, but the, the, the DNA of the Ravens 
has always been their defense. Yeah. So you know he he has he comes into a team that's basically so fully rounded or yeah. well rounded because they have a defense they can they can hold up if he if he does struggle and they went out and got Mark Andrews who's been I mean you know last year incredible tight end right now one of the best tight ends in the game early and they got some young wide receivers and they got you know two or three headed beasts at running back including Lamar it's a fun team it is. And can you talk about a difference of quarterbacks? Imagine playing that team. You like just everything visually, style-wise. You have a boring white dad in Joe Flacco, right? The guy who celebrates his Super Bowl MVP by getting forty chicken McNuggets. Remember when he did that <laughs> at McDonald's? Did you know about that? No. Yeah, yeah. This was a thing, and it was all documented. Joe Flacco, like the next day showed up to a McDonald's in a drive-thru and got 40 Chicken McNuggets, and people were filming him. So you're like a boring old white guy, and you have Lamar Jackson, young, fun, athletic black dude from Miami. They couldn't be more different, and, and I agree. I do enjoy watching him play. I've been critical of the past, but hey, it's a new season. The young quarterbacks in the league are, you know, are, are fun. I mean, we got Mahomes, who's great. Wentz, was when, when he plays... Is very fun to watch. Watson is fun. Dak's playing great. Dak's playing great, especially in this new offense. Really fun. Lamar's fun. I mean, there's like a new. We're finally getting this like new core of guys, which is happening and making sense because the old core, the old guard, guard is getting banged up. Breeze and Big Ben on the same day. Yeah. Um. So it's fun for people to kind of show up. Uh, what's my boy's name in Jacksonville? Who's all chested out? I like Minshew. Yeah, Minshew. Um, had a chance to. To win it yesterday. Let's talk about that. Now, there was a couple controversial two-point conversion plays. Ballsy moves by both coaches in both games. We'll start there with the Jags. Could not be a worse play call, in my opinion. All game long, they can't run the ball up the middle. I don't mind going for two. Agree. It's the play call. Agree. You have an exciting young quarterback who set all these records at Washington State under Mike Leach. You can't run up the middle all game long, but you still you give the ball to Leonard Fournette. Do a do a QB bootleg. Do something to get Minshew out in space. Terrible play call. I like going for it, but that is a game you're right there to steal one from a division rival on the road. Could your change, defense could not have played better. Change the course of your whole season. Your your you know your week one loss was to the Chiefs. I mean, you're, every team, almost every team in the league is going to lose that game. You have a chance to like recalibrate your year, go one and one with a new quarterback. I agree. I don't think you should see a run up the middle, honestly, ever. On but a especially, especially a two point conversion. I mean, that's just like the one you have to. There's a great play somewhere if you check it out with uh, with where Kingsbury makes a nice play where they do run up the middle, but they're running so much misdirection. Yeah, and the guy walked right in. That was a straight up dive. A straight up dive is just not it's just not what we're, what you need in today's NFL. Especially against two like Bill O'Brien would probably expect that because that's probably what he would do. We're, yeah. we're talking about two very overrated coaches and they're like, well, let's watch out for the dive. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I would do, it's a dive. Is there a, is there a more boring two point conversion play? How he, bad is the AFC South? I mean, I, from an entertainment standpoint, are you kidding me let's, right now? Let's talk about it, Tug. Oh, my God. I mean, for years, I mean, Andrew Luck was sort of saving that division. Yeah. But right now, your starting quarterbacks are Brissett, Mariota, 
Minshew. Am I, am I saying that right? Yeah. And Deshaun Watson, who is who is who needs to be freed from Bill O'Brien? Like but, we need to free him. But here's what's crazy about Deshaun Watson. He is such an electrifying, exciting game on Monday. Yesterday he did nothing. Now I'm not putting that all on him. Obviously the Jaguars have a great defense, but like you said, he's being held in check by a boob, as Prano would say. Shout out to Prano on that. A total boob of a coach. It's a boring division. Who do you like after two weeks? I still, I mean, look, I am a Jacoby Brissett guy, and I think that was a big win. I actually thought the Titans were going to win that game because of a letdown spot, but the, the Titans cannot beat the Colts right now. They can't beat them. Uh, they didn't beat them last year. Lost in the last game of the year to, to not go into the playoffs. Jacoby has three touchdowns. The weird thing is, is that our boy uh, Adam Vander Terry missed two more extra points yesterday. Taking digs at the goat kicker. Well, he missed two field goals and extra point in game one. Okay. They lose in overtime. Yeah. They missed two extra points yesterday. There's been a co- conference call. There's some whispers that he's retiring today. Should he retire? He said, I'm going to straighten some things out on Monday. Does that mean he's going to retire? Does that mean he's going to start kicking some straight on? Booting with the toe? I heard rumors McAfee is dropping his ESPN gig. Going to become the kicker. Whole new set of, uh, you know, to go one-on-one in the NFL after two weeks is, it's like percentage-wise, so much better than being 0-2. Changes the whole course of the season for my guy, Jacoby Brissett. So you're on Jacoby. Joe well, and I were- Again, here's why I'm on him. I, I like his skill set. I like because the, of Frank Reich. I like the system and I like the talent around him. I he's mean, got great talent. T.Y. He's got a great Mack, defense. Ebron, Doyle. You know, Funches got hurt, but they bring in Paris Campbell, who scored yesterday, rookie wide receiver. I he's, just feel like they're gonna. He's just they're gonna a find great a way. line. Great line. Can they get to eight wins? Their total dropped from nine and a half to seven and a half when Andrew Luck got uh, I said retired. Under. Can they get to eight? And I think they can. Yesterday was a huge step. I agree. Imagine if they would have won game one and had been in Lock City. Yesterday was a huge step. I've been impressed. I, I can say what I'm wrong. I've been impressed with uh, Jacoby so far. Like you said, he's not doing too much. He's playing within the system. You also forget the offensive line is so solid. I mean, Quentin Nelson's a beast. Bro. Yeah. Absolute beast. So I, I think that you know, the division's hard to watch. Like no, no TV programmer no. is going to be excited to put an NFC or AFC South, even team. though they're trying so hard for this week's, uh, who is it? Is it Jags Titans this it week? Is. Can't, ooh boy! Woo! <laughs> Woo! Can't wait for that one, guys. Luckily, I have a show. I think in Westlake Village, which yeah. is nowhere near here. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that's a rough division to watch. You know what the AFC South is? The AFC South is the lights come on at the bar. You're some like horny college dude, and you're like, well, you're just hitting on every girl that's left. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the lights have come on, and you're like, mm, she's not the hottest, but she's also not the ugliest. Hey, you uh, you want to come back to my place? Or, or, or they're just still there. You yeah. Know, it's like it's just like I don't want to watch any game, but they're still on TV. I'll I guess I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, but did did Minshew show any flashes of like 
Was he cocky on the field yesterday? I don't know. It's hard to watch because no one wants to watch that game. But if, he let you, step, if you step off a plane when your your shirt's unbuttoned to the to the last button, you better show me some flair on the field too. He he had the game winning drive, Minshew. He so so he had the uh, excuse me, not game winnings. They didn't win the game, but he had the comeback drive to put them to win the game. And that was all on him. I believe it was like a 14-play, 77-yard drive, including a 4th and 10 where he scrambled. Look, he, he went 23 for 33 yesterday for 213 yards and a touchdown. Not great. Any picks? No picks, which is huge for a backup. Don't turn the ball over. Did, have, did rush six times for 56 yards. Now that's where you make your money right there. I'm just saying. He's got a killer mustache. Did lose a fumble. I will say that he fumbled, He did fumble three times. Lost one. So he's flow, he's, he's showing the flow from the chest there. Is, is he farving it a little bit? Kind of gunslingery. Doesn't care about the turnovers. I watched actually a good amount of that game, and uh, he wasn't cocky, but he uh, he had a little bit of that farve to him. I mean, he was making plays. He's running around. He's getting hyped up. I will say though that the biggest thing I noticed with him is that uh, he looked. Um, looked pretty confident you know he didn't ever have that kind of like the the jitters that you see from backups he actually looked really good um very surprisingly so for uh kind of a a little known backup but he, he looks good he played really well i mean he stepped in against the chiefs and played awesome so but that's know, what i'm saying two solid weeks he said two solid weeks all right let's continue with uh another bad team the Bengals. they take an actual an absolute pounding at home which I love to watch, in Cincinnati. <laughs> you do love it. You know, I, I, I just don't get it. And, and, and I was with a buddy of mine yesterday and my mom. We were at a sports bar in Redondo Beach. He's from Cincinnati. He was my brother's best man at my brother's wedding. Did your mom watch sports? Is she, like, what, what, is she excited to go to the sports bar with you? No, she's more excited to see uh, a, a family a friend. friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny because my mom, I, I, I do jokes about it on stage. You know, she, she sat through watching five boys play football but didn't learn anything. Like, nothing. Did she bring a book? No. She, she still cheers. She just doesn't care about it. Well, it's funny. We were watching Sunday Night Football last night. She was wondering when it was going to be over so she could watch 90 Day Fiance on the Learning Channel. Amazing. I, absolutely amazing. But she was watching some of the Eagles-Falcons game with me, and she had... She had some questions during the game. Why did that happen? Why did that happen? And it, it really is mind-blowing. It's like, Mom, you literally watched a sport for 15 years and learned nothing. I've told Joe, and Joe likes this idea, and uh, obviously we didn't do it this trip, but we, to bring my mom on the show where it's, it's like a ask, it's like a does Shabelli know what we do with the interns, but it's does Joanne know right? where we ask her basic football questions. She's here somewhere. She's on Abbott Kinney today. Okay. With all the... Uh, Kept her away from the smart studio. Yeah. She she knows. Smart. She, she knows to get away while we're, we're in these deep dives. Now, anyway, the now, Bengals suck. Well, to tie this in, do, you, do your brothers still root for the Bengals? No, we all root against them. All root against them. Wow. So And that was actually discussed during yeah. brunch yesterday with our buddy who still roots for them. We said it's, it's a ruther thing now. The whole family including my dad, we root against them. We refuse to support them until Mike Brown sells the team. And, and I'll just be honest, the only way that that's going to happen is uh, if somebody puts out a mafia hit on the, the Brown family. So I'm not saying I want anybody to do that. I'm just saying 
that's the only way I will go back to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and I would never expect this to happen, but if every listener of this show and every listener, or every person, I should say, in Cincinnati just straight up boycotts them, we need to force the hand of the NFL. It's disgusting. Do you need to plant a Rod Sterling sort of situation? Do you Ooh. Like, do you know, cr- create something they can oust him from Good point. the NFL? I need, to, I need to get Bill Belichick on the phone. You need to get that stripper tailgate in Miami. Yes. You move it up to Cincinnati. Okay. Probably not happening. No, you, well, whatever, you, whatever it takes, guys. Can you imagine going from Miami to Cincinnati? Yeah. And you need to somehow make those two things happen. Okay. Or, or we poison the Brown family. We oh, just go straight to the poison. No, okay. hold on, hold on. <laughs> just, just going straight to death. We poison right. Skyline Chili that is sent to the stadium. So many lawsuits. So many lawsuits. Yeah. Well, let's I, just recap. Just to recap quickly, there's one there's one silver lining in the Bengals' year to start off, and it's it's John Ross. It's John Ross. It's finally planned. There's finally a heartbeat. From John Ross, two, scored multiple games in a row, went for 112 yesterday, caught a 66-yard bomb. At least someone is using his speed. It's like a young Deshaun Watson. One of the fastest guys Jackson. in the NFL. Uh, Tyler Boyd played well again yeah. on my fantasy team, 10 for 122. 11 for 17 yesterday, 11 rushes for 17 yards. For Joe Mixon. Three catches for 10 yards. Now, he was banged up. There was talk about whether he was going to be active all week, but... Well, let's talk about the 49ers now. They did, uh, the, the Niners didn't allow another decent performance from Andy Dalton. 311 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. The defense is just, uh, continues. I mean, we they're, thought maybe they were a little bit better last last week and week one. We thought they were going to be a little improved. Major step back. Yeah. Major step back. 41 points given up. At home. The 49ers are 2-0. and They are. And... The NFC West, for people not paying attention, has three 2-0 teams. The Rams, Seahawks, and 49ers are all 3-0. It looks like it's going to be a pretty competitively good division this year. Do we believe in the Jimmy G hype? Now, he's played two bad teams. However, you say what you want about that. The 49ers won road games in Tampa and in Cincinnati, completely across the country. Their next two games are at home against Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh's a wounded animal, but I would still say that's a, that's a game the Niners. If, they, if the Niners want to be a playoff team, you got to win that game. I agree. Then they also get Cleveland um, at home the week after. So there's a real chance for them to be 4-0. Yeah. Before they play the Rams. Uh, I believe – let me just make sure. I believe the Niners play the Rams – um, the, the Niners played the Browns on Monday Night Football. The Browns are on primetime every week this year. Uh, you, you, and when they're going to be 6-10, and 10, we're going to be so mad. I agree, Doug. And I've already I've – already, my crystal ball has already – I was thinking about this last night, actually. I was going through the schedules. You had your crystal ball at the sports bar with your mom, looking around, trying to find some stuff to talk about. No, this was when I got back here after the Sunday Night Football game. Mom's watching 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> I'm sitting where Twerks is over there. My computer's open periodically looking up at this terrible show that my mom watches 
And I was looking at that and thinking the same thing. So, so think they're, about they're, this. On, they're on Monday Night Football tonight. I was just about to say that. They're on Sunday Night Football. Next week against the Rams. Next week. And then Monday Night Football again. And they also, like, week one, they had Romo and Nance do their game in, against Tennessee. They were the showcase game for CBS. If they lose tonight, who do they play on? Who do they, they play the Rams Sunday night. Yeah. And they could be owned. They got, they got to win. It's a must-win game tonight. It's a must-win game. Must-win. You're playing against uh, Trevor um, Simeon. Simeon. Missing two starters for the, for the, for the Jets. Le'Veon is not 100%. If you don't yeah. win this game, this, it's time to wrap it up for the year. I agree. I completely agree. And I'm excited for the NFC West, going back to that. It's going to be very competitive. We, we might get three teams with winning records in that division. That would be incredible. It's so hard to do. So you, are you buying the Niners and Jimmy G? Um, not yet. I mean, he's played well. Like I said, two road games, not easy in the NFL, even though it was against two crappy teams. But uh, not yet. I just Again, it's a tough division. I still go with experience, which the Rams have, which the Seahawks have. It's going to be a good division, though. And I've been saying this, and I don't want to harp on it too much, but they let Russell Wilson throw the ball yesterday, and look what happens. So everyone knows, he, he alluded to this uh, off-air, and I begged him not to, to go into a Russell Wilson diatribe. It's, but it's not a diatribe. It's, it's just what I've been saying is let him throw the ball 30 to 35 times a game. He'll play well, and you can pull up a stat line. I believe he was 29 of 35, three touchdown passes. It's the only, st- only stat he's memorized all day. Was Russell Wilson? No, I, I, I looked at a bunch incredible. of stats. I, I'm just saying, I know I you are. Know. You're exactly right. The 29 of 35 for 300 yards, three TDs. And he ran for another 22 yards. Great day. I, I just think again, the Steelers aren't that good. It's still it's still not easy to win in Pittsburgh, even against the backup. Going into Pittsburgh is never easy. But this is what I think the Seahawks should do. What do I know? I think I think Rush should throw the ball at least thirty times a game, um, but their defense is definitely suspect. Well, I agree. They're going to have, and that's part of the reason why they're going to have to throw so much. Because yeah, the defense is going to let them. The backup keep for Pittsburgh, games. Rudolph. Yeah, he actually had a great game. Look, there's still there's still a ton of weapons. I mean, this is an opportunity for Mason Rudolph to really shine this year. I mean, you have uh, Connor, good. Yeah. Juju, good. Yeah. Vance McDonald, two touchdowns yesterday after everyone, like, dropped them from their fantasy teams. James Washington. Well, Dante Montreef is going to get benched because he can't catch a ball to save his life. Yeah. And they bring in James Washington to be the number two, and James Washington and Mason Rudolph played together yeah. at Oklahoma State. Like, if you're looking for a sleeper with a little preseason slash college history connection, look at the Mason Rudolph-James Washington uh, relationship. Maybe you'll get a little uh, – wide receiver three love how about that andy i love it it's a, it's a nice little tug coker nugget yeah it's a tug nug <laughs> a little tug. <laughs> sounds like a great marijuana strand you guys try that tug nug it gets you lit can son. i please get someone to make a strain of marijuana for me <laughs> called the tug nug yo man no paranoia just a straight relaxer yo man i smoked that tug nug then i made my fantasy picks and i for sure won this week <laughs> 
Mason yeah. Rudolph, 12 for 19, 112 yards, two TDs, and a pick. But that's that's a great stat line for coming in. Not bad. And Juju is, went five for 84. Is Big Ben done? He's got to be. Why are you coming back, dude? Season-ending surgery? I feel like he doesn't want to go out this way. Because he has an ego, You know, and, and it's, it's sad to say this, maybe for America, but how did Antonio Brown win? How did he win all this? It's we, wild. We don't... No one's rooting well, well, the for first, Antonio Brown, well, and he's won. Well, as of now, you know the NFL's meeting with the woman who filed the civil lawsuit for sexual assault and rape. They're meeting today. But as of now, you're right. Pending anything changing, the real winner in all this is Antonio Brown. His mortal enemy, Big Ben, out for the year, maybe retired. Yeah. His former team, 0-2. His other former team is 1-1. and And his other former team, the Buffalo Bills, are 2-0. and he, Maybe he made a mistake by, not, by vetoing the Buffalo Bills trade. Or maybe the Bills got better by... You, you're, well, he was never on the Bills. But, he, but he, they tried to trade for him. Yeah. And he said, no, thank you. I don't want to go to the Bills. Bills are 2-0. and Yeah. Did you I, watch any of that Bills game? I didn't have a chance to watch that game, but you know, it's I, I have two, you know, for our picks. There's two games I regretted. One, I, I I faded Ruther with, we all. I said this. If you guys listen to me, look at the look ahead lines. The Cardinals were nine and a half point dogs. And now they ended up being thirteen and a half point dogs. That's an auto play. The other play I regretted was the Bills Giants game because I wanna think the Giants are better than they are, and the Bills actually are better than people think they are. Yeah. Do the Bills win nine games? I'm saying yes right now. I think eight or nine is definitely possible. They haven't played the Dolphins yet. That's two auto wins. That's what I'm saying. That's four. So basically they got to go, if there's what, 16, 12. So they got to go five and seven the rest of the year, accepting the two. And they get the Jets at home. We're including the two Dolphins games in their wins. Playoff team, Josh Allen is, you know, there's a lot of heat, like, a heat on like not believing in whatever Josh Allen does. And the jury's still out, but he's good enough. Yeah. Showing some athleticism, running the ball And they well. have a defense. Very good The defense. NFL, it all comes back to if you have a defense, you can win games. Now, the Giants have been disappointing. I really cursed them. I predicted a non-losing season. Wow, that's a lot. I predicted their win total was six games in Vegas. You were saying they were going to get to eight. I thought they'd get to at least eight, and it's not looking good. Because Saquon had a good game yesterday, statistically speaking. Yeah. Well, you know what? The Giants actually lead the NFL after two weeks in um, rushing efficiency. Uh, Saquon is averaging the most yards before contact. So the rushing is going well. There's a problem. Someone has to throw it, and somebody is not throwing it very well. There's rumors that this week might be the week that's a change. My guess is there's probably one more week of Eli. But if we see 0-3, it might be the Daniel Jones era. Now, you got to be feeling good as a Cowboys fan. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised because, you know what, for years under Jason Garrett, the clapper, I've been wanting an offense Bro. that was un- is unpredictable and uses play action. 
and gets guys in space. Like, why, why aren't people, more people modeling on te- teams that are successful, like the Patriots, where guys don't, you don't have to be the best athlete. You just have to have the best scheme. What I like about what the Cowboys are doing is they're spreading the wealth. Absolutely. So Dak's not focusing on just getting the ball, the ball to Amari or Jason Witten. If you look at their first two games, they're really spreading the wealth. And they're really tough to stop offensively. Have the Dolphins up next, which should get us to 3-0. and uh, You know, you never get too excited up or down with the Cowboys team because they always, they, you know, and I picked the Redskins to cover last week because I guess I'm conditioned to this team playing up and down to its talent. Twerks, you got something for us? I was going to ask, how do you think the Michael Gallup injury will affect the Cowboys? Well, he's getting an MRI today, right? Well, they said he's going to be out two to four weeks. Two to four weeks, yeah. Yeah. It's not great because he's, he's making nice strides. It really is a good um, – you know, that's what that's when most of the, the, the stats guys say that year one to year two leap is the best indicator of, of wide receiver success. Oh, it is. He's done that. Um, but again, it's next man up. But you know, two to four weeks. Here's here's the here's their uh, schedule. Home, twenty one point favorites against the Dolphins. You don't need Michael Gallup for the Dolphins. Then they go to the Teddy Bridgewater led Saints. I don't know what that line will be, but I think if the Cowboys want to win the Super Bowl, you got to win that game. Home to the Packers at the Jets. I mean, I think you got to go. You got to win three or four of those games to really yeah. show me. You got to. You got to. Got to beat the Dolphins. That's a lock city. You got to beat two of the three. You got to beat at Saints, home to Green Bay at Jets. You got to see it. Got to see three of the next four. What do we think of Green Bay? Now, if they have an offensive running game like they did yesterday, the defense is much improved. Defense is really good. Yeah. They spin on their secondary. It's paying off. There's been there's been some heat exchanges on the sidelines between the coach and the, and the yeah. quarterback over there. And Aaron Rodgers, everyone knows, is not the easiest to coach. So, and again, we're only in week two, so we're going to see one, one of two things happen. We're going to see people get more used to the system. And people get excited by it, or we're going to see a lot more friction, and it's not going to end well. Yeah. Plus, we haven't seen Aaron Rodgers finish a season in a couple of years either. He hasn't played all 16 games. Either. That's a good point. But that was it's a, a game. It's a nice win. That they're blowing him out. The Vikings mount a comeback. Kirk Cousins is just, he's just bad right now. Really bad. He's playing poor. Here's my stat for Kirk Cousins Pro Football Focus says. From the opponent's 10-yard line and in, in the red zone, Kirk Cousins ranks last of qualifying quarterbacks in passer rating since 2017, completing 44% of his passes. This is a reference to his first and goal from the eight interception yesterday. Tough one to watch. Cringeworthy. He, this is like when you think of Kirk Cousins, you think of two things. You think, uh, yeah. What about his his little? Uh, do you like that? First thing you think of. The second thing you think of is some sort of interception. Yeah. In the red zone. That's not how you want. And he has eighty four million guaranteed. Can we? I mean, it's it, listen. If you're a Vikings fan, you probably been revisiting this every day. Is do we were we were we stupid for giving him eighty four mil guaranteed and giving up Case Keenum? 
who is totally serviceable and took us within minutes of the Super Bowl. Did we make the right choice? I don't know. I'm asking. It's an interesting question. What is what has Kirk done to show that he's capable? He didn't. Vikings is a, are very – Dalvin Cook's a beast this year. Dude, the, the Vikings – Dalvin Cook is an absolute beast. The Vi- and they got backup running backs that are beasts too. The, the Vikings are like an above-average quarterback away from being Super Bowl competitive. Being the best team potentially in the NFL. That's what I'm saying. Like the Vikings are that close. Thielen, Diggs. Dalvin running off 75-yarders. Bro. Really loaded defense. Tough to beat Green Bay and Green my, Bay. My, my point is they're down big time in that game. They come back. The defense steps it up in the second half. If you have a adequate quarterback, you win that game. No doubt about it. You win that game if you have an ad- adequate quarterback. I mean, he threw, he threw 10 passes in week one. They demolished the Falcons, so they didn't need to. That's the key. That's the key to their success. You, you don't you don't have a Super Bowl winning team when you have to hide your eighty four million dollar guaranteed quarterback. Yeah, he threw thirty two times yesterday for two hundred and thirty yards. You like that? You like that? I don't like that. I don't like it at all. <laughs> now on the flip side, Aaron Rodgers only threw thirty four times. 22 for 34, 209 yards, two TDs. That's not the Aaron Rodgers that we have known in the past. But like you said, if you can get Aaron Jones geared up 116 yards touchdown, yeah, maybe this is the balance that they're looking for. I agree. It is. It is the balance that they've needed Do we for believe years. in the Green Bay Packers? Uh, I don't yet. Playing home against the Broncos okay. this week. That was a wild game, huh? The Broncos-Bears? Yes. Just to finish off the Packers schedule, they go home, Broncos, home, Eagles, at Dallas. God, I, I, I still never – I mean, all I, all I think of with Packers-Cowboys is is Aaron Rodgers to Jared Cook. Yeah, but right now, oh, right now – Getting sweats. I still like the Rams above them. I still like the Cowboys above them. I'm not on Green Bay just yet. See, it feels like the NFC. We're only in week two. Something weird's going to happen. That's going to someone's going to emerge. Kind of funny. Yeah. I think you get more lock city with the AFC, which is going to be Chiefs or Patriots. Maybe the Ravens squeak in there as a candidate. The Chargers. You know, I, I, Joe. Don't, don't even. Don't Joe even. was surprised when he was like, "You're going to bet on the Lions this week." I said, "We well, cannot trust the you Chargers." You called it. You called it. Yeah. You can't trust the Chargers. And you, like, if there's anything you know. Yeah, but the L.A. Chargers is you just can't get comfortable with the L.A. Chargers. You uh, can't even get comfortable I mean, calling what them. What is Philip Rivers the, doing throwing the interception late? It's t- you can't even get comfortable calling them the L.A. Chargers. I, d- I wanted to call them the San Diego Chargers. I did. I mean, I mean Eckler's Eckler. I mean, first of all, Eckler's destroying Melvin Gordon's holdout. I mean, Melvin Gordon's gonna come back, but Eckler's a beast. By the way, look Should up. I was wrong. About Melvin Gordon, if you look, he's got all these touchdowns. Look up his actual running and receiving. He doesn't deserve the money. Eckler is a beast. Justin Jackson, when he gets in, plays well. They just seem to struggle 
when they should win games. And that's on the coach. What in my opinion. I I I think if your team always plays down at a level of competition, that's on the coach. Problem is there's been several coaches with the Chargers and they've always had the same DNA. Yeah. So I don't know. That's well, good luck against the Chiefs, the way the Chiefs are playing. The Lions are 2-0. Are they anything? Are they anything? Right? The Lions are 1-0-1. Oh, oh sorry, I'm sorry. Thank you. The Lions are 1-0-1. <laughs> Correct. But they haven't lost. <laughs> well, we, we should get Twerks on here because I want to talk Chiefs Raiders. Twerks had just a reckless bet. I, I, I don't know why he's making bets with other dirt balls <laughs> when his team is anywhere from a 7 to 7.5 point underdog. Like what? Are, what are you doing? Do Do you like losing bets? It wasn't even that. It's I don't I don't even know if there's another uh, Raiders fan from the Dirt Balls, and and if there is, they haven't even come forward yet. So if you're out there, please come forward and, and support me out here. Uh, but it was more so like this is a bet that I think I'm gonna win. Uh, no, but I mean I'm still gonna support my team and try to uh, you know who knows maybe I mean they've they've done stuff before. I mean they started off hot and they looked good. Until the second quarter, and then Mahomes throws four touchdown passes, and I was just like, well, Patrick Mahomes is playing better. Now he doesn't have as many touchdown passes as he did last year through two games, but his he has more yards. He's completed more passes. I mean, dare I say this? He is going to be better than he was last year, where he won an MVP. I think he looks more comfortable in the Andy Reid offense, the Eric B. Enemy offense, dude. Can we just end any discussion right now? Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I would agree. I would agree. Like, there's, there's no discussion right now about who the best quarterback is. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's close. I don't think it's close either. I think he sprinted right past anyone else. 30 for 44 for 443 yesterday and four TDs. And that was mostly in the first half. Well, all four in the second quarter. Touchdowns. And it's tough because I watched that whole game all the way through. Uh, and Andy Reid has set up that offense so perfectly for his skill sets. And it's, it's hard because every, uh, every, any given play, you know, they'll, they'll have three guys running deep. And, of course, Mahomes will put it up there to him perfectly. And it's, I think it's, uh, it takes a toll on the defense when every play they, they challenge their corners and they challenge their safeties to cover the deep ball. And, it's, you know, if they have the speed for it and he has the arm for it, they uh, they score more often than not, and it, then even if that doesn't, doesn't even work, matter, it doesn't matter who's playing. Mikael Hardman is a guy that they talked about early. It's just, it's like a basically a world class sprinter. That's what I'm saying. Takes, takes Tyreek's spot. Does what Tyreek does. Scores yeah. a 42 yard touchdown. And then if and if and for some reason the passing game doesn't work with the deep ball, then they have Travis Kelsey, who's arguably the best tight end. Did and then they have Damian Williams and the Trump. A couple it's injuries though, right? Like weren't weren't Damian Williams and McCoy a little and banged McCoy. up after yesterday? That dime he but threw. Not too much though. To Kelsey, yes, that was that was nice. It's uh, one of the announcers yesterday made a great reference. He said it's almost like watching Steph Curry shoot up, uh, shoot up three pointers when Mahomes is throwing the deep ball. Yeah, you just know it's like at some point you I know, saw that you're going to get screwed over. Or I listened to that. It's not a bad comparison. I just he's so fun to watch. But come playoffs, come playoffs, buddy. This is what it all comes down to me. This is, to bring it back to earlier in the show. I got Andy Reid over here, and I got the GOAT, Bill Belichick, over here. Who am I taking 
every single time. Bill Belichick. It's tough because they're both. They won, in, they won in Kansas City last year. Granted, they got some help by some awful penalties on their own team. It's still tough to watch, but that was a shootout. I mean, that was really. Uh, the Broncos uh, Bears. I saw some highlights on the end of that game. Obviously, some crazy like go for two situations. I want just quick shout out on 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 like people recovering from injuries. You mentioned Cooper Cup earlier. Emmanuel Sanders is back. Yeah, record time scoring touchdowns. Like everyone talked about Adrian Peterson years ago being the freak returning um, from the, off the ACL. Like it's amazing how fast people get back. It is 100%. I watched that game, and, you know, Flacco's just – he's awful so far. Yeah. I saw, I saw he, he he threw the ball – yeah, I have this on here. He threw the ball 50 times. <laughs> he averaged 5.8 yards a pass. That's bad. Trubisky looked bad. Trubisky's not looking very good. 16 for 27 for 120 yards yesterday. Flacco, bad stat line. Flacco, 35 for 50 for 292, one touchdown, one pick. That's not good. The Broncos are 0-2. Had that game ripped from them. Did the Bears find a kicker, though? Yeah. Rarity for the Bears to be winning games with a kicker. Yeah. So, shout out to the Bears, you know. Maybe want to lock that guy down for... 84 million guaranteed. Give him that Kirk Cousins money. Give him the money. The Broncos, like, here's my issue with, um, it's not an issue. I mean, Vic Fangio is obviously a great defensive mind. Yeah. Can we find, but he's old. And the older guys get set in their ways. Can we find a coach that's defensive minded that also has, like, an offensive genius? Can't we find. The balance, the, the Bill Belichick's of the world. Well, we're like, I'm going to run the defense. I don't want to touch the offense. I don't need a conservative yeah. offense. Just go do something that I've never seen before. Look Please. At the, look at the Rams. Sean yeah. McVay does not touch the defense. Yeah. He says, I'm the offensive master over here in Los Angeles. I'm going to run the offense. Wade Phillips, who's been a defensive genius his whole career, you man the defense. You're allowed to have two – I mean, I guess Wade's probably awesome because I think every player loves him and he doesn't have any ego because you can't have, you know, certain coaches come in yeah. with ego. They want to do things their way. Sure. But just find the guys that are the geniuses that are like, let's just handle our business and dominate. Like, let's not have basically a de- – there's there's no worse thing to be said about an offense. It's like a defensive coach run offense. <laughs> like, Joe Flacco, <laughs> 35 for 50, averaging five yards per pass. I thought they'd be better. And again, you have four games still between the Chargers and Chiefs. Yikes. Broncos schedule the next few games. At Green Bay. L. Home to Jaguars. Got to win that game. Yeah. At Chargers. They could win that. Home to Tennessee. Home to Chiefs. Got to win two of those for sure. You got to got to find a way to win the, the Chargers yeah. or the Packers game to have yeah. any chance of being any good this year. Otherwise, you just you got to shut it down and you just got to you got to tank for something because the, the, the division's too it's too hard. Yeah. 
Go full dolphin mode. All right, that's our week two recap, and I believe that is the show. But, Tug, you just mentioned Broncos Chargers. Yeah. That's a game we could see out here in L.A. Right, because you'd have a lot of Broncos fans. That'd be a fun division game. I actually have some good Broncos uh, fan friends. I think uh, we need to find a way to get to that game. I have a, I have a way. Seeking. That's right, guys. SeatGeek, the only app that we use to get our NFL tickets. I believe tickets were on SeatGeek for the Oklahoma-UCLA game. They were as low as $5. I don't know that, but I'm just guessing. Need some more people to, to, to peruse that app. Yeah. Get on SeatGeek. Go to your local game, whether that's college, NFL. You can even use it for comedy, concerts, music festivals. You name it, guys. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off on your first purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY. That's D-I-R-T-Y for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. And uh, I was looking at SeatGeek, like I've said. Joe and I have discussed using SeatGeek to go to the... You might be interested in this one, Tug. It's I believe it's a Sunday or Monday night football game. Bears Rams later in the season. We figure because Chicago will have a nice turnout. Sure. Good fan base. That stadium will probably be half Chicago fans. So uh, I, need to see, I need to see our boy Mitch play a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but I'm in, I'm I'm in. Okay. We'll get those tickets on seat. You and I went to a Monday night game last year. I had a great time with the Rams. Uh, Chiefs game of the year. One of the best games I've ever been to. Moved away from Mexico City. One of the best games ever. Found a way. Just a quick look ahead of the games. Any, the big games of the week that I think that I'm eyeing. Saints with Teddy and your Seahawks. I think that should be a fun one. Um, Baltimore, Kansas City, of course, is probably the, the number one game of yeah. the week. The uh, Falcons, Colts, I think it should be a fun game. like to see uh, which team yeah. gets to go to two and one there. That's really it. There's not, it's not the best week. And then you have the Rams-Cleveland game on uh, Monday night. Or some, I sorry, will Sunday say, the, the Dolphins are so bad, it has become must-watch TV for me. Wow, no. I'm being honest. No. I'm being honest. I found myself watching week one yesterday at the bar. Even when it got, blo- I just kept, I just kept watching. Couldn't look away. It's like a train wreck. That's what I'm saying. Car crash. Like Couldn't the look Dolphins away. are so bad, they're always going to be on for me. I like watching disasters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, this is what the Dolphins. So why are you watching 90 Day Fiance? Okay, true story. I ended up watching a fair amount with my mom Obviously. last night. Terribly produced. <laughs> no, no, I shouldn't I say terribly produced. I should say. Uh, I, of course, God knows how much of it is fake, which apparently is what Walt always tells my mom. She goes, your dad walks in every single time I'm watching it, looks at the TV and says, you know it's all fake, and then just walks out. Love Walt. By the way, you know what I love? That 98, 90 Day Fiance is on the Learning Channel. Like, this is where we've gotten the Learning Channel? Yep. But I will say, I, I'm sure a lot of it is fake, but as a single guy in his late 30s, Really gives me confidence. There's always a way for you. Like this is my competition. Oh, that route. Well, you're not doing 90 Day Fiance. 
No. These, these guys who have sort of like given up on the hunt, they just want to like the one dude down, gave right? four, the one dude I watched yesterday. He and she she ended it with them. Some like some like Eastern European girl. He had sent her over forty grand. And he was sitting in a hotel thinking they were gonna get married in Mexico. She just never showed up. She never showed up. Yikes. Yeah. Anyway, the Dolphins are literally a dude on 90 Day Fiance (laughs) (laughs) waiting for his fiance to show up. They are waiting for a quarterback, a running back, an offensive line. They're waiting for every position. That's your title right there. Yeah. Uh, Tug Coker. Before we go, who we like tonight? I know. I know. It seems like everything's pointing to the Browns. Is there any chance the Jets get it done? Yes, I agree. I will be rooting for the Jets. Twerk says no way. Twerk says Browns have a get-right game. Right the ship. Yeah, this screams Browns get-right game all over it. I know the Jets are probably going to be coming out fired up, and I get that Simeon uh, has won before, but the Browns are too talented. Baker Mayfield is too good. Uh, I think they probably got the. Uh, whatever, first-week pressure out of the way, whatever they did to make themselves perform so poorly against the Titans, I think they got that out of their system. And I think uh, I think they blow out the Jets tonight. Do they force blow feed, out. See, do, no way. Do they force-feed Odell after this Greg Williams discussion? I think that's a mistake if you do that. Do yeah, we I see Greg Williams and Odell get into it at any point in the game tonight? No, but I'll say this. I think it's a good game. I think the Browns win. I won't be surprised if the Jets win. And I think force-feeding him is stupid because the Browns have enough offensive weapons. But let's not forget, Simeon has started a lot of games. I'm not saying he's good. He started a lot of games. He's an adequate quarterback. You're also playing the game in New York. The team, that team in that city is going to be turned for this. I if the Browns lose tonight, season I mean, look, done. I'm a Sam Darnold guy like i think i think he can be really good okay but at this point in his career is it like is a drop off to trevor simeon is it that big no i don't think not at this point right i agree so we'll see i love but i love i love betting on junk I'll, i'll be on uh i'll be on the jets tonight what's the line right now six and a half i think so you know and i need this win to get to nine wins for the week in our pick 'em pool joe and i are tied at six right now so happy to win you guys, you know, some money this week on some of these plays. Andy and I are talking about adding a little little something something to the Dirty Sports Empire. Keep you posted on that. Oh, you're teasing them. Teasing the dirt falls. What's my boy uh what's Will Farrell's character in uh Eastbound? Woo, woo. That's what he does. The car dealer. Car dealer, yeah. Forget I forget. I'm just glad that I have two TVs because, you know, Ashley Schaefer. Ashley Schaefer. Ashley Schaefer. That's his name. Ashley Schaefer. <laughs> Guys, this is why you get two TVs. Yeah. Mom can be watching 90 Day Fiance on the bottom TV. I'll be watching Monday Night Football on the top TV. We've got it all figured out. You'll have to mute, right, though, because she, she needs the volume. Yeah, she needs the volume. Yeah, give it, to, give it to Mom. Exactly. Well, guys, that is the show. Again, uh, sending our well wishes and condolences to Joe Prano and his family. And uh, we really encourage everybody to do the same. Absolutely. And, again, Joe will be back when he wants to be back, and I'm perfectly okay with that, and I know everybody else will be too. All right, guys, that's the show. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow my guy over here, Tug Coker. At Tug Coker on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, as always, you know, it's so fun to be on the show with you, Andy. 
love uh, talking to the dirt balls on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, you know, I just want to send my thoughts out to Joe and his family. And, um, you know, just uh, thinking great thoughts to you in the future. And I hope you're doing well. And uh, you guys can follow me at Andy Ruther. You can follow my guy, Twerks. Where can I follow you, Twerks? Follow me at DS Interns on Twitter and at Aaron Maharis on Instagram. And then just with those dirt balls that I have that bet with, uh, don't worry, I got the supplies to fulfill my end of it. Uh, it's just tabled for now, but I'll get you guys uh, as soon as I can. We saw him bring him into the Smut Studio. Let him go to class, guys. Yeah. Let, him, let him study, do some real work, and then he'll... He'll show you the video of him doing doing the do. And uh, send my boy Prano some love at Fix Your Life on Twitter and at Joe Prano on Instagram. And that is the show. Okay, guys, have a great week. We'll see you in a few days. And most importantly, stay dirty. <laughs>